content provided by the people right here on 89.3 KEYK Osage Beach, Missouri. This is Bill Munhausen for Creation Expo. A century and a half ago, Charles Darwin proposed that little changes in living things resulted in entirely new kinds of animals over millions of years. However, that was before scientists explored genetics. Evolution would predict that organisms have evolved to favor change, but biologists have slowly learned that, that the genetic code is designed to inhibit change rather than promote it. Biological cells have proteins that constantly survey DNA looking for mutations and repairing them. Now it's been discovered that cells even use inorganic tools. Repair proteins test DNA strands by sending electrons along each strand. If electrons are blocked, enzymes know there is damage and repairs are executed. The scientific evidence is one of careful engineering to prevent evolutionary changes. Darwin's main accomplishment was to help get atheists entrenched in the scientific establishment. We forget they are speaking on behalf of their atheistic worldview. These 60-second messages are based on the book XPO by Bill Munhausen, available in Amazon Books. Start 2023 outright. Learn evidence-based health and wellness, conflict resolution, tools, and accomplish peace. Learn growth mindsets. Learn to take action and be accountable. Learn to grow from life's challenges. You'll hear six speakers, three virtual and three in person. You'll receive a Scrum Master ebook, Encompass Purpose 2.0 book, a gift certificate for complimentary coaching, Peace Fire and Two Fire training, be beverages and finger foods, all for $49. On January 19th from 1 to 4.30 at Encompass Purpose in Max Creek. To reserve your spot, please call 573-286-5625 or email at encompasspurpose at gmail.com. with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. Congratulations going out to Coach Jason Long and the Osage Indian soccer team. Class 2, District 5 champions this year. First district soccer title in program history. Will Falconer named the Class 2 State Offensive Player of the Year. How about that? Nate Evans was named uh, District Player of the Year. Missouri Soccer All-State Academic Team uh, for small schools uh, included Will Falconer and Alex Anderson, the first two in Osage program history. Congratulations, Guy, and what a great season for the Osage soccer team. High school basketball is here, and we've got it for you on Lake TV. The season on Lake TV starts this Thursday night. Versailles at home to Smith Cotton again. First game of the season on Lake TV this Thursday night, and then next Monday, Osage and Camdenton on Lake TV. As for college football, of course, the bowl season right around the corner. Final four is set for the national championship. 
Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and Ohio State are the four teams that will play for the national championship. They'll play those national semis on uh, January the 9th. You can look forward to that. Of course, Mizzou finished the regular season 6-6. Six and six. They're going to the Gasparilla Bowl. They will play that a week from Friday. They'll take on Wake Forest in that game. The Chiefs, 10-3 and three after that win in Denver on Sunday. They are big favorites to beat the uh, Texans in Houston this week. That is a 12 noon kickoff on Sunday. Hey, Lake TV brings you five local lake area shows, and they're all greatness, including Cup of Coffee with Will and Chris every day at 802, 102, and 802. That's a Cup of Coffee with Will and Chris. They just talk about what's going on at the lake, lake news, lake sports, lake stories. Check them out. You can see Lake TV on Como Channel 90. If you don't get Como, don't worry about it. You can see Lake TV absolutely free on Roku or Amazon Fire and streaming live all the time anywhere in the world at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. Two fun events benefiting the Osage Beach Senior Center at 5709A Osage Beach Parkway. German feast with brats and pulled pork and red cabbage and a holiday market from 11 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. December 14th. Then on December 20th, same hours, a Christmas lunch and bake sale with door prizes, ugly sweater contest, Christmas music and fun. Suggested donation for lunch both days, $5 for seniors and $7 under age 60. Show the Senior Center some love and enjoy the holiday spirit. Key Radio is a nonprofit radio station that works with local residents in the Lake of the Ozarks community. Our goal is to provide a positive platform for content that addresses a variety of topics while also giving people the opportunity to find out more about what's going on in our own backyard. Key Radio uses donations to bring you all of the information. So, if you like what you hear and you'd like to help us continue our mission, please reach out to us at keygatheringplace.com slash keyradio. Businesses, individuals, and content providers power the programming that you hear on Key Radio. To inquire about making your tax-deductible donation, go to keygatheringplace.com slash keyradio or call 573-280-0532. 573-280-0532. You're listening to 89.3, The Key.
share your thoughts, ideas, and skills, maybe even a talent, on the Lakes Community Radio Station, 89.3 The Key. It is 808. Good morning, and thank you so much for joining us. Another beautiful day at the lake. Another wet day at the lake. What happened to the sunshine? Man, I was loving that. All that uh, wonderful dry weather with plenty of sunshine. But I guess we'll uh, take what we take. Right now, we do have plenty of rain falling in the area. 44 in Osage Beach, 44 in Camdenton, and 56 the expected high, so enjoy it because uh, we'll start getting into uh, 30s and uh, 40s, and then next week uh, we'll even have uh, some mid to upper 20s for afternoon highs. That's right, a little chilly. 56 degrees with rain and thunder possible today. A rain chance at 100%, partly cloudy tonight, and a low of 42. Partly cloudy tomorrow and 47, partly cloudy and 38 on Thursday, mostly cloudy. 33 the high on Friday. And then the weekend, partly cloudy on Saturday, high 35, partly cloudy on Sunday, and a high of 45 degrees. And I see 28 next Wednesday, ooh, 15 for the high on the 22nd, uh, some snow showers actually being forecast. Uh, it looks like uh, at this point as well, it's going to get cold for us Christmas Day. Uh, 26 for the expected high. We'll see how that uh, all plays out. Obviously, we're looking well ahead of where we are. And uh, goodness gracious, great balls of fire. It is uh, definitely going to be more winter-esque at the Lake of the Ozarks. And for some folks, they love that cold weather. It helps kind of put them in the holiday season. And the talk of snow, well, that gets everybody, oh, it's going to snow, it's going to snow, until you have to go out and drive around in it. Bah humbug. <laughs> no, I love snow on, on, on Christmas. You know, the, the kids love it, so that's all good. But, uh, yeah, driving around, I like the snow, too. I think it's pretty, but driving around in it, I can do without that. Well, you've got kids that are in school right now. What is, I know they got, what, like a week off for Thanksgiving? Sure, yeah, like week that. week for that, probably two or three or four for Christmas and New Year's. I don't know anymore. Man. I don't know. I don't know. Most public schools is probably best your kids aren't in them. I think Camden County or Camden Tenar three does an all right job, good job. But uh, you know some of the others, you know. But anyhow, Ike Skelton is joining us this good morning. Good morning, my friend. Looking all uh, nice and spiffy. Well, you know, because you've got uh, something going on a little bit later on. That uh, I guess, uh, yeah, it's. Uh, Probably something that uh, some folks are probably interested in hearing about. Yeah. Minor little county issue. <laughs> Minor little county <laughs> issue. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Well, it we have been s- done before I took office, but it looks like I get the plate of it. Yeah. Well, That's there's no. Right. The folks that uh, chimed in a little earlier, no sound. Yeah, we don't. Uh, we don't officially get the sound rolling until we start uh, at the top of the hour with things. So, uh, folks, I apologize for that. But uh, good morning to Kathy and David and uh, Nathan, as well as Joe. Vicki is on board with us this morning, as well as uh, Harry, CJ and Dave, David. And uh, it's good to hear from all of you this morning. Thank you so much for chiming in. I'm going to fix this uh, camera angle here real quick so we can see that uh, handsome gentleman uh, who's sitting uh, at about my northwest. And that's uh, the one and only uh, Ike Skelton. Uh, Jerry says, hello, you two. Let me do some adding. It will take uh, me a minute. 18 more days. Camden County will have a new presiding commissioner. Not sure if Ike Skelton knows what kind of a mess he is getting into. The uh, 
remodel job, uh, paper tiger that uh, is going to bite someone on the backside. I've lived in Camden County since 1977. This is not the first time Camden County has been in a mess. The building where the commissioners were at before, the white building, when it was uh, built over $1 million, came up missing in that improvement. Uh, it says, uh, come up missing, uh, reported in the uh, Lake Sun paper. Nothing uh, ever uh, come out of it, it says. As Ike Skelton says, just a minor issue. <laughs> Taxpayers' money. <laughs> Same old way it's handled these days. No, I don't think so. That was a little sarcastic there, Jerry. Just a little sarcasm just a on little, my part. a little sarcasm. Yeah, He's know. good for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good morning, Joe. Glad to have you with us, uh, young lady. i got to tell you a quick story. So uh, I was helping, uh, doing some work yesterday, a, uh, uh, I, I don't want to say a remodeling job, but uh, a painting job on an apartment. And, uh, you know, sometimes you find all kinds of uh, interesting things when you go into some place where sure. somebody's lived. Good morning, Chris. Um, they found a package of these Hostess Donuts. Okay, the mini donuts, yeah, okay. They, they uh-huh. were like the chocolate donuts with the yellow cake you know? Yeah, right, sure, yeah. So the expiration date on these donuts was last year. Okay. And so they'd been in there for well over a year. Right. And I looked at them, and I didn't think that they were in that bad of shape, so I opened them, and I ate one. And it was still, even though it had hit the expiration date, was still delicious. <laughs> if I would have had a cold glass of milk, I would have been in <laughs> heaven. I would have been in heaven. So... There's probably some Twinkies from the original Hostess Company that are still around there. They're good. Oh, yeah. And there's a Twinkie story I'll tell you off the air because it's a little gross. But um, there were four donuts, and I ate all four of those donuts. There's supposed to be six in a package, man. Well, not anymore. They don't don't do it that way. uh, Oh, okay. They've cut back. Okay. Cost overruns and things like that. I mean, everybody's got their issues with cost overruns. Yes, for sure. And uh, change orders and things like that, but any yeah, you know, I'm not you know anyway. yeah. Anyway, uh huh, yeah. And 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 Delta's chiming in here this morning. She said you ate them all, <laughs> and I actually made her kind of sick because she was like grossing out because of the. She knew it story. was a year old. The Twinkie, oh, the Twinkie story. story. Yeah, yeah, I'll tell you about yeah, that off the air. But anyway, I'm alive to tell about the uh, wonderful, delicious. Hostess donuts that I had that were over a year old. And and hats off to Hostess for making the products with so many preservatives in them <laughs> yeah. that they can withstand the expiration date. A year By later. A year. Still well, delicious. Maybe you'll be a, you know good for a year after you expire. Um, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> oh, jeez, man. Joe says, uh, those things are gross when they're brand new. Uh <laughs> Maybe they're better at a year old. I, don't know. I thought they were good. I thought, you know, I'm like, yeah, yeah this isn't bad. I, you know, I, but see, I'm the kind of guy that when the bread molds, I eat around the mold. Hey, when we were growing up, you definitely, if there was a little bit of mold on the crust, you just peeled that stuff off and ate it. Hey, come on now. We were poor, dude. I'm serious. I'm, you think I'm not kidding. I'm not. My, my boy would have thrown that away. No. You get rid of that little moldy spot cheese, cut off that outer layer. It's a little moldy, and go for it to go to town. It's a little hard, you know. It, well, you, you know. You just put it over some heat and melt it. <laughs> We're young enough, just chew. <laughs> I was always like that, uh, the life cereal boy, Mikey. Okay, Mikey yeah, yeah. will eat anything. Yeah, yeah right. That's, yeah, when I was growing up, people used to dare me, hey, eat this, eat that. You know, they'd give me a bug or something. Here, eat this. Really? And in my days of 
uh, inebriation, I would, you know. So when I was in AIT, just a quick story, advanced individual training in the military, there was a guy that bragged about all this kind of stuff, and we were in formation, and I was in charge of the formation, and a little, you know, those little white lizards, you know, you see running around, kind of tannish white lizards? Uh Well, somebody stomped on it and stunned him and picked him up, and this guy... Somebody dared him to eat it, and sure enough, he did. Popped it in his mouth. The tail was hanging out of his mouth, and he was crunching on it, and he swallowed her on down. <laughs> you betcha, man. True Jerry, story. Jerry says, something happens to you in the next few days, KB. Everyone will know uh, know the do-nuts got you. Uh, the donuts got you. <laughs> I see. Do-nuts, huh? D-O, and then he hit the space, N-U-T-S. So I know what you're talking about. So let's let's get down to business here this morning. Uh, Bill Lacasse is going to join me in the nine o'clock hour. We'll talk something financial. Uh, yeah, it's old joke. Only thing left after uh, the apocalypse: Hostess, Twinkies, cockroaches, and share. <laughs> so there you go. All right, then. So you are uh, going to be attending a commission meeting uh, a little bit later on this morning. Yeah, we got uh, Veragies coming back in today at ten o'clock, and uh, they're supposed to. So at last meeting, uh, we established a few things. Um, we established why they believe there was a reason for delay uh, in two different areas. And um, they have also um, requested that some things be paid for by change order that uh, uh, was probably not done, as I can tell, through a proper channel. One, one problem we have um, f- that I found out, and, and this is a problem that I think happens in a lot of uh, various projects like this or, uh, uh, government bodies and even, you know, even private companies, what have you, and that's communication. Mm-hmm. So we've had some very serious communication breakdowns, um, and, uh, chain of command questionings and, uh, who the authority is to ask this question and who can do this and who can do that. So, um, this last meeting, I think we've, uh, reestablished some, th- some things, uh, a better chain of command. Uh, the, uh, the two body commission, James and Don, uh, voted that uh, Don would now be, Commissioner Don Williams would be the point of contact for Verigi throughout the rest of this project. Nice. Uh, as Good it stands job, at this point. Good job. Um, so um, hopefully we'll be able to have a little more direct, uh, uh, direct input from the commission. I think we're going to establish some new rules for reporting, uh, various stages of completion and how much money is going out. And uh, again, just a much better uh, communication uh, network, I hope will be put in place. Um, we've got a couple of issues that we need to hash out this morning. There's some questions that we've asked, and uh, hopefully Veragy's coming to the table with the answers to those questions, and uh, we'll be able to hash out a few more issues. Now, a couple of things come to mind, one of which is um, how in the world, good morning, Don, and uh, good morning, Daryl, um, how much emphasis should be put on what's happened in the past and how much emphasis should be put on how things are handled in the future. And then also, has anybody talked to the folks in Dare County? And, uh, you know, I did call them. We talked about uh, the issues that they were having and, you know, what kinds of solutions were they able to come up with and or establish mm-hmm. as far as moving forward? We know that that project is uh, behind schedule. I, has it been completed? Do you know no. that? No. No. And uh, is this project seemingly in the same state as far as completion? Because uh, the 19th will be Monday, this next Monday. 
And, uh, you know, what are we looking at? Uh, you know, and, and, and here's another interesting aspect of this while I'm sitting here thinking. The people in Camden County are very vigilant when it comes to uh, staying on top of what happens in county government. I mean, we've got, yes, yes, you know, they are. We've got folks that uh, I'm are, thankful for that are watching it like a hawk. And what was and, and did you have a chance to talk to the folks in Adair County and find out what those people were doing? And, and I don't mean the county officials. I mean. Uh, the the citizens whose money was being used to fund this project in the first place. Well, I, I talked to Presiding Commissioner Shahan up there for a few minutes. Um, the project is way behind schedule. They've had a few different issues. Um, they've they've found some things in their building that nobody had any idea was going on. There's some change orders, and they wanted to do things a little differently. So it's kind of a different story for them. Um, he didn't mention anything um, disparaging about Verigi. Um They're working together with what they need to do as far as uh, he's concerned, I suppose. Though he has had uh, some problems with some of the other elected officials and uh, some of the um, – it sounds to me as though they've got – um, just kind of a political nightmare going on up there in the citizenry, not so much what's happening in, in uh, uh, the government, but although there are some hang-ups and problems there. Right. Um, I think one of his commissioners was pretty much against him during the election process, but they have to sit across the table from each other and work together yet today. So uh, they're working through their issues. Uh, it's, it's nothing, um, you know, it's not a gotcha thing there. You know, you can't, oh, yeah, these guys are a problem or something. So so it's just issues that have come up that they're having to deal with. Did they discuss or did their uh, presiding commissioner discuss any reason why the project is as far behind as it is? Well, again, uh, yeah, I can't remember exactly what he said. But some of them were some, again, some things they wanted to do a little differently with the building and that they found some problems with the building that they didn't. Nobody had any idea that it, that there were, and I, I can't remember what that issue was, to be honest with you. We talked about several different things, but, um, uh, yeah, so again, he just basically indicated nothing nefarious is going on uh, that he's aware of, and it's just things have not gone as clicked as, as well as they'd like to have, and, and, and there they are. Hmm. Are there any similarities in what you heard from this gentleman that you spoke with in Adair County? And what's going on in Camden County? Only in a generic sense in how um, uh, government works or doesn't work. It's dysfunction in some areas. And that there seems to be um, a bias in a lot of counties that, you know, well, we've always kind of done things this way. I hate saying that, mm-hmm. but this is what I'm finding. And um, a good friend of of, uh, of Key Radio and the station here and, and ourselves have has told me a time or two, he said, you know, what has happened is they have institutionalized, not necessarily corruption, but they've institutionalized doing things the wrong way. And uh, because it's the way we've always done it, right or wrong, that's the way we're, they're doing it. So um, this is something that I am finding in Camden County to certainly be the case as well. Um, maybe some statutes weren't read as properly as they could be or aren't being uh, interpreted in a way that best suits the county. So we're going to look at several different things of that nature. I know we have a very serious issue with um, property in, in Camden County. We have got to get 
get a handle on the property that Camden County owns. Uh, vehicles, uh, firearms at the sheriff's department, uh, computers, um, uh, measuring devices and sensitive equipment. We need to know what Camden County has. And I find out that, that uh, some of the other counties have already are really on top of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's a very big issue we're going to have to deal with. And part of that is, again, um, it was attempted a time or two, but a lack of follow-through. So um, it seems as though we just did something that we need to stay on top of and make happen. We've got to know what kind of property we have before we can do anything else with it. So, so that's an issue that I just see um, happening in some other counties. And just, again, that, that atmosphere and, um, you know, again, this is the way we've always done it. And I think that's a shame to say it that way. But that's okay because that gives us an opportunity to review everything from top to bottom and uh, see what needs to be done. Very similarly, um, we were out at the um, Village of Four Seasons uh, Friday and I had a meeting there. There were some problems with some monies being passed through to the special road district as they were supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Come to find out, I, I'm going to look again, but uh, it is solely up to uh, to use on roads and bridges, the way we interpret the statute, and uh, the county commission directs that, and the county commission is supposed to promulgate rules and regulations as to how that shall occur. We're going to look into that and see if those have ever actually had any written rules and regulations, or if they've just done it that way uh, with a wink and a nod, you know? Right. So we need to make sure that more uh, procedures are in place. And and not that I'm, a you know, this big bureaucratic wonk that wants all these different rules and regulations and procedures. But at the same time, if you don't have those, then things go awry. So you You're have to have... a bureaucratic wonk. Well, no, I don't want to be all of this... I don't want to get into all that stuff, you know, but, but unfortunately, uh, you have to have those processes in place or, um, you know, people get lazy, they make mistakes, whatever, and things go awry. So you have to have, uh, you have to have boundaries and you have to have a roadmap on how you need to conduct business. I think that, uh, this is interesting from a lot of different standpoints because, uh, there's no way you can just put a halt to county government. County government no, must go on. Absolutely. And so while you're trying to uh, figure out what it is you want to do once you're sworn into office, you've already got, it seems like, uh, somewhat of a laundry list that you're going to be dealing with. Yes. And it's, uh, I guess you have to either delegate and or learn and decide what it is that you want to deal with versus what you know, you know, needs to be looked at, of course, things that you've campaigned on so that things can move forward. Things can get mm-hmm. taken care of. People can see the kind of change that they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, you, you talked heavily about road and bridge and the need to make sure that the roads are in good shape. And uh, of course, uh, something we're dealing with today, this rain and, and, and it's relatively heavy rain. So, Again, some of those uh, bridges that were put in uh, around low water crossings and things, those have become an issue. Mm -hmm. And I'll reference back to what uh, Chris Franken had said uh, when he was running for county commissioner. The condition of a lot of these bridges and how they need to be replaced in somewhat of a timely fashion. And, again, that costs money. And so then you have to be able to sit down and prioritize in terms of road and bridge and so some people will be happy some people maybe not so much but you uh you know and and you make a good point you are in a unique position to reform government 
And that is uh, something that, you know, while you're trying to keep things moving forward, at the same time, you want to look at things and make sure that uh, they're done properly, uh, certainly with transparency, mm-hmm. open lines of communication. You already got your hands full, my brother. Yeah, yeah, and I think, you know, honestly, the people have mandated a change in this government. The, the people have mandated a different direction in Camden County government and um, through our election, and, and, and I intend on, on uh, um, giving that to them to the very best of my ability. One thing they're going to see that is going to be unique, we are, and I've already spoke with um, <clears throat> the commissioners, uh, we'll nail this down, but we're going to have just open discussions. The three of us are going to sit down probably around the conference table there in the commission office anybody can come in and watch um there'll be no input but it's just going to be an open discussion between the three commissioners where our priorities lie i want to see what the other two men have in, in mind to uh where they would like to see some things done that maybe uh they hadn't had a chance to do in the past um and uh, the three of us collaborate on how to uh, uh how to get things moving and one thing i definitely absolutely positively want to keep my mind on and eye on is the follow-through so i don't want to get so many different pieces in motion that I can't juggle all of them at one time, but we're going to, we're going to take off a pretty big chunk at the very beginning mm-hmm. and, uh, try to keep all those balls in the air and, and accomplishing those tasks, um, and then move on to some other lesser priorities. So and that's some of the first things we're going to do is sit down and prioritize what we want to do and have a list and then just start working with that and start working toward those end goals. Some of it's going to take, you know, this inventory idea. I mean, that could take a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so some of the stuff, you know, and I know, I believe that if the um, uh, the folks can see that we're making progress and moving in that direction, and we have a clear plan, and that they are the public is is aware of everything because they're sitting there able to watch us talk about these various issues and just have open discussions about what it is we want to do and how we want to try to accomplish those things. And um, I think we're going to have kind of an open door policy every day from. You know, ex whatever time in the morning till sometime in the morning, and then, uh, then we'll secure the place back up and go about you know just office work and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, we're going to be very open with folks and let them come in and, and talk to us. I mean, just about any time they want to. Quite candid, um, and it's going to be a full time job for me. Man. It's not going to be. A, uh, I'm not going in there for a couple of hours in the morning. And I'm bugging out. Um, it's going to be. It, it is going to be my full time job. Period. Well. It sounds like uh, you're already in it, uh, not quite full-time, but uh, as close as possible without actually being there. Yeah, and I and again, I appreciate everybody that has uh, you know allowed me to come into their offices and willing to talk with them and and uh, start um, start formulating some ideas so that we can get Camden County back on the road. We'll step aside. We've got uh, some uh, information coming your way and a little bit of sports this morning from our good buddy Chris Schneider over there at uh, Key Radio. Ike Skelton is with us. Bill DeCast joins me at 910. And then we'll have some uh, we'll have some time to just chit-chat a little bit if you'd like to bring some topics to the table. Feel free to uh, give us a call here this morning, 573-633-5395. It is The Daily Show on Key Radio. I'm Bill Munhausen for Creation Expo. We think of space as the absence of matter, but space seems to have substance. NASA researchers believe that space can be folded to reduce the time to travel between stars, like warp drive in Star Trek. And dozens of Bible verses refer to space being spread out or stretched. Isaiah 50 verse 3 even refers to the heavens being clothed in black. 
So space must have form and substance in order to be clothed. Even the Big Bang refers to the creation of space as inflation rather than an explosion of material. Not saying the Big Bang is true, just that scientists are on the same track as scripture in their descriptions of space. God's invisible power sustains the cosmos. God's power is so strong that Big Bang cosmologists think it makes up most of the universe in the form of dark matter and dark energy. They say 90% of the universe is invisible. Be encouraged that we're all moving toward the same conclusions. These 60-second messages are based on the book XPO by Bill Munhausen, available in Amazon Books. Helping out the community is as simple as joining the Key Radio team. Right now, Key Radio is looking for an individual to spread the good news about community radio at the Lake of the Ozarks. The job involves talking to local businesses about supporting our mission. You decide how much you'd like to work and get a commission for the work that you do. Sales experience is preferred but isn't required. We need you, and so does our community. Contact Bill Munhausen at 573-280-532. Key Radio KEYK is an equal opportunity employer. with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. Congratulations going out to Coach Jason Long and the Osage Indian soccer team. Class 2, District 5 champions this year. First district soccer title in program history. Will Falconer named the Class 2 State Offensive Player of the Year. How about that? Nate Evans was named uh, District Player of the Year. Missouri Soccer All-State Academic Team uh, for small schools. Uh, included Will Falconer and Alex Anderson, the first two in Osage program history. Congratulations, guy. And what a great season for the Osage soccer team. High school basketball is here, and we've got it for you on Lake TV. The season on Lake TV starts this Thursday night. Versailles at home to Smith Cotton again. First game of the season on Lake TV this Thursday night. And then next Monday, Osage and Camdenton on Lake TV. As for college football, of course, the bowl season right around the corner. Final four is set for the national championship. Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and Ohio State are the four teams that will play for the national championship. They'll play those national semis on uh, January the 9th. You can look forward to that. Of course, Mizzou finished the regular season 6-6. Six and six. They're going to the Gasparilla Bowl. They will play that a week from Friday. They'll take on Wake Forest in that game. The Chiefs 10-3 and three after that win in Denver on Sunday. They are big favorites to beat the uh, Texans in Houston this week. That is a 12 noon kickoff on Sunday. Hey, Lake TV brings you five local lake area shows, and they're all greatness, including Cup of Coffee with Will and Chris every day at 802, 102, and 802. That's a Cup of Coffee with Will and Chris. They just talk about what's going on at the lake, lake news, lake sports, lake stories. Check them out. You can see Lake TV on Como Channel 90. If you don't get Como, don't worry about it. You can see Lake TV absolutely free on Roku or Amazon Fire and streaming live all the time anywhere in the world at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. Join 89.3 The Key for the True History Professor Program, featuring Professor Jim Paisley. 
the national media now is kind of taking advantage of people. They hit you with a, you know, a big headline, and then they don't give you any information behind it. There's no context to it. Problem. And so what I'm going to try and do, uh, you know, on a weekly basis with the show is to try and share with you what what were the events, what are the things behind the scenes here, what, what led to this. Professor Paisley takes a look back at history and how it relates to present-day events. But we take it on face value without having any knowledge of why. It, well, it's because the news told us. Join Professor Jim Paisley Thursdays and Saturdays at 6 a.m., 2 p.m., and 10 p.m. for the True History Professor program on 89.3 The Key. Two fun events benefiting the Osage Beach Senior Center at 5709A Osage Beach Parkway. German feast with brats and pulled pork and red cabbage and a holiday market from 11 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. December 14th. Then on December 20th, same hours, a Christmas lunch and bake sale with door prizes, ugly sweater contest, Christmas music and fun. Suggested donation for lunch both days, $5 for seniors and $7 under age 60. Show the Senior Center some love and enjoy the holiday spirit. Key Radio wants to help our community by offering a platform for all groups and organizations to share their message. If you have a pre-recorded public service announcement talking about who you are and what you do, email it to kbsfree65 at gmail.com. Rotary clubs, veterans groups, animal shelters, fundraising organizations, and more are all welcome to send us their pre-recorded message. Key Radio reserves the right to deny or accept any PSAs received. This is your chance to get involved in Community Radio Lake of the Ozarks with 89.3, The Key. It is 8.37. Thank you so much for taking the opportunity to join us on this uh, wet Tuesday morning, the 13th day of December. Not the kind of weather we would uh, anticipate or expect around this time of year. I mean, it is, but uh, I guess all of you... uh, all of you folks that are into the holidays are probably thinking, oh, I'd really rather have some uh, some snow. We're going to have anything. But see, that's the only problem. You get the first snow of the year, and everybody drives around, well, I've got four-wheel drive, or I've got all-wheel drive, and I can go through anything. And normally you see a few cars off in the ditch, you know, that first snow. Always. Through yep. Because people are just like, whatever, whatever you need, whatever you want to do. Well, you know, the going is not always the problem. It's yeah. the stopping. It's the stopping. <laughs> the, slow, the slowing down yeah. and, or the stopping. That's right. right. That's right. 45 in Osage Beach, 44 in Camdenton. Rain in 56 today. Some clouds in 41 tonight. Partly cloudy, 47 tomorrow. And then it looks like uh, basically mid to upper 30s throughout the rest of the week with uh, partly cloudy to mostly cloudy sky on uh, Saturday, partly cloudy. <laughs> And 35, partly cloudy, and 45 on Sunday. And don't forget, on Saturday, they're uh, getting together over at Big Surf Water Park at 930. Uh, You know, they're going to be spreading the Christmas cheer and uh, circling the lake with Christmas cheer as part of that uh, great event that we were talking about with Mary Kay Von Brendel, uh, Darren Keim, and the like. And uh, you don't have to be a part of that for the entire time if you want to pick it up say when they're in lori or they're coming back around in osage beach if you've got things to do but you still want to get out and be a part of it it's going to be a lot of fun when is that again that is going to be on saturday 
and they're going to meet up at 9.30 at uh, Big Surf Water Park, and they'll take off from there, and I think they're going to go uh, west through Camdenton, mm-hmm. up five, mm-hmm. and then back around into Osage Beach, yep. and uh, you get to go to the assisted uh, living facilities yeah, sure. and sing to the residents and the caregivers there, and those those folks really appreciate it. I don't know if Mindy Sales is going to bring a horse or what, but... I might try to jump in on that. Yeah, why not? Uh, uh, we, we sounds like, a, maybe sounds like a lot day. of fun. Yeah. It's a good time. You have a lot of fun, and uh, certainly it really gets you into that holiday sure. spirit. Sure. 839, caller, you're on The Daily Show. What can we do for you this morning? Well, earlier, uh, you know, Ike got brought up that at the last meeting, uh, they determined that Don Williams was going to be the point of contact for Barragy. And, you know, as part of the transparency and reform of government, we got to be honest here. I, I don't understand how he's going to be the point of contact for Barragy when he's not there, hardly at all. Uh, truth be told, listeners, Ike, who is not getting paid, has been in that office more since the election than Don has. Don comes up with an excuse every single day or every other day on why he needs to leave, why he can't be there. One day he called, I'm told, and he said that his dog crapped on the floor so he couldn't make it in that day. It is an absolute joke. And this is, this is the facts. This is the facts. And without him getting taken to the mat on it, I don't think it's ever going to change. This has been his story since he's been in office. Since he's been in office, the guy cannot cannot commit to 30 hours, let alone 40. I would say it's more like 20, maybe. Let me ask so you. I don't see how he's going to be in contact. And, and maybe I can answer this question. What is the, uh, I guess, what is the uh, amount of hours that each commissioner is supposed to be putting in? There is no. There is no. There is none. Okay. And and I think that yeah, goes there, for. There is no requirement. Yeah. But. And I think that goes for all of the elected officials. As long as your job is done, um, as long and I think there has to be. They have to. They have to hold a quorum, at least one or two times a year. One is for. One is for uh, the budget, and one is for road uh, vacation. I think so. Um, it, it's very. <laughs> Admittingly, as far as statute is concerned, it's it's almost well, null and void. The reason I bring that up is because of the fact that you know, much like yourself, a lot of these folks have other jobs, mm-hmm. and you know they need to be able to uh, take time to buy uh, the store. Hold so on, I, I was just curious. So, hold, hold on now. Some do. He some don't have don't. another job. Well, yeah. some do. Okay, some I was don't. about to say. Now, he, yeah, well, he does not, and every other elected official is in their office. You can pretty much go any day of the week. And they're in there. He's the only one that's special. Um, but, you know, yeah, sure, there is no requirement for hours. But in order to be a good steward, in order to be there when somebody has a concern, in order to make sure that the ship is on track, you have to be there. And, you know, just from my standpoint, from James Gohagen's standpoint, you took this job just because the requirement is you don't have to be there that that's not that's not an excuse not to. Well, I was just curious. I was just that. I was just asking for, yeah. for, for my own personal information, my so own personal knowledge. So sure. the, the big difference between a uh, you know an hourly employee and an elected official is that the hourly employee is just that they're an employee. There's a handbook. Uh, they have requirements. They uh, clock in that aren't salaried and so on and so forth. Uh, an elected official is not an employee of the county. They are an elected official. And quite candidly, what holds an elected official accountable? 
the people. So uh, that's where the impetus has to come from. That's where when any elected official is not uh, doing, uh, if you perceive they're not doing the job they're supposed to be doing, that's who holds them accountable is, is the public. So <clears throat> that's, I mean, that's where that comes from. And it, well, but, other elected officials, yeah, well, as I say, other elected officials, you know, should take it upon themselves to bring up these facts to the people. Uh, because, you know, people don't know these things. People don't, they just assume. You know, one thing I'll say about Don, he's the best storyteller you'll ever meet besides maybe Tony Helms. But don't take it at face value. Really look into it. Heck, just look at the abatements. Just look at the percentages. James Gohagen posted those last year. I think James had like 88% of them. Don had 2 or 3%. Greg had 2 or 3%. And then the IT guy had the other remainder where he had pushed them through. Uh, and we're talking thousands of abatements, not just a couple. So, uh, no, people need to, in order for them to be held to task, people need to be calling for it, you know. And I'll tell you what, what I thought about doing after the first of the year is instituting the time clock challenge. Buying a time clock, bringing it in there to the commission office, and making a challenge to you guys to say, here, clock in every day just to let us know, not because you have to, but because then the people have a record of when you're there. Thank you, caller. Appreciate that this morning. The well, time clock challenge. Well, I <laughs> I always thought now, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, that there has to be some record uh-huh. available no. uh, that people can uh, can take a look at. No. Um, Not required. And, and I would that. say that I would say that uh, you know. Gee whiz, uh, you well, know, 20 hours a week, 25, 30 hours Well, here's a week. the thing, and, and I, you know, time clock challenge, I don't care, whatever. You, you're not, you're not going to need that to find out if I'm doing the job. You're going to be able to show up and you'll see that I'm doing the job. And I think that's a big part of it, too, is, is the results. Uh, if, if uh, Because quite candidly, um, some people told me when I took this job, that it, or when they asked me to take this job, oh, this is just a part-time job. You can still run your business. It'll be just fine. So uh, uh, remember... You're, you're, remember you're already we're doing it, about. and you're not even sworn in well yet. i'm just saying man that's that's some or, some of my or, friends told me this or let me let me rephrase so. that you're not doing the job <laughs> no, you're learning yeah. the job and what it takes to do it and and you know look i sitting I, in on meetings and you know there's a lot of people that wouldn't want to do this job unless you put you know put a gun to their head but i think i'm going to as crazy as it sounds i think i'm going to enjoy this i think i'm going to uh uh, I'm going to enjoy working for the people to get things in a better shape and a better way, I do so it that for people cheeseburgers. Can... You, you what? I do it for cheese. You do it for cheeseburgers? Okay, right. I got you. Uh, but uh, you know, no, I hear you. So. Uh, you know, and, and it goes with anything. You take pride in what you're doing and, um, you know, you want to do a good job. I was elected by the people to do that job and that's what I intend on going in and doing. Uh, one thing the caller definitely brought up is, uh, you know, James Gohagen, <laughs> I, I've said it a few times. The man is for all intents and purposes running the commission he's running the county as it were for those things that 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 need um you know executive input and executive uh, decision making processes and and whatnot um it's getting done and uh uh james is is a big part of that i hope that soon after the first of the year and i get taught how to do the stuff on the computer and and get up to speed on on some of the bill paying processes and abatement process that uh, he can take himself a week off 
you know, and go be with his family. He's having, uh, you know, they got some health issues going through the family, and they got a new baby. And, uh, they got a brand new baby, and the and the and our baby Arthur's had some little issues, you know, and so James needs to be able to uh, um, know that things are because he. The man also just truly wants to do a, a, an incredibly fantastic job. He's doing it, and um, uh, I don't know if, if I if if I you know told him you need to go home for a week if he do it, but um, I, I want to be able to give him that opportunity in, in the very near future. So, uh, so yeah, it, it's going to be a, definitely a full time gig for me. There's no doubt about it, and uh, I am already transitioned pretty much away from my business as far as the day to day operations. Uh, I got the big job done that I need to get out of the way. All I got to do is go up and do some counting and then bill them for it. And uh, I will be completely free of any of the big projects that are going on so that I can fully focus on the county. Mm-hmm. And that's that's where my focus is now. I've I've really got a really good timeline in my head as to what's going on with Jerogy. I've done the research on the contract, uh, a lot of the things that are happening with it. And um, uh, that's the biggest issue that's going to be on my plate because I'll tell you, my number one goal is to get the folks back into their offices so that the people of Camden County can do the business that they need to do um, in a fashion that uh, doesn't take anything away from the scope of work that has been designated. And uh, out of the $4.7 million, I don't think we should have to spend another penny on anything that uh, may or may not have been discovered during this process. Lee says, please live stream all public meetings so people at work can listen. And and that, again, I know has been a big issue, and you had really focused on that during your campaign and the need for the uh, ability for people to tune in and have access as the events are happening rather than hearing about it through the grapevine. I've already contacted a member of the public. Everybody would probably know him if I mentioned his name. He's going to get us a YouTube channel set up. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a uh, view only. There'll be no comment portion to this uh, YouTube channel. It'll be view only, but you we will. Um, and even if there is a uh, um, an impromptu, I mean, all meetings have to be 24 hours noticed but let's say we're not in our normal uh chambers when we have a meeting i want to be able to have my cell phone log into an account set it up in a corner somewhere and then stream that entire meeting uh wherever we might be at any time i want to ask you something else how willing are you to ask for help from people uh sometimes (laughs) you get in you know there are a lot of situations i would imagine when somebody decides to run for county government or government at all, state level, federal level, and maybe not so much on the state and federal level, but certainly on the city and county level, um, you have a spark, you have a thought, you know, I want to get involved in local government and I want to help make the place that I live, whether it's the city or the county, a better place. Yeah. Yet, sometimes you, and I think in most cases, you can't know everything about everything, so you're going to need help. And how willing are you to reach out and, as you mentioned, bringing in, you know, we've got so many retired, and Jenny and I were talking about this yesterday, we have so many retired people that live in this county that would love to be able to help out. And they don't necessarily require any type of payment. They just want to do it, kind of like oh. Jenny does. 
based on the fact that they've got experience, they've got you know oh, background, and, yeah. and oh man, they're going to get the chance big time. Yeah. We we as I've mentioned, we have to redo the entire um, uh, master plan for the county. Wow. That's going to take a team of. I don't know, eight, 12 people, something of this nature to figure all of that out. I will absolutely, because, you know, a lot of these things, these government entities will, uh, and we saw them down at the uh, Missouri Association of Counties meetings uh, when they had the vendors put on their little, their little trade show, as it were. You know, you can go out and you can find a firm of one nature or another that will do just about anything that the county needs to get done, whether it be engineering, planning, roads. It doesn't matter. You can find somebody that can do it all outside the, outside of your county. But it all costs a whole big bunch of money, right? I think that we have a unique pool of talent in the in the lake area that we can draw from uh i guarantee i bet you there's somebody possibly listening to this show right now that has already helped participate in creating a master plan or something like that so i absolutely want to draw uh from folks from the public and ask them to come in to help with that and the unified land use code we're going to put a panel together of citizens uh to put that together now in the end do we have to have a lawyer review it yeah, probably. But a lawyer reviews something, and we have our own attorney. He should be able to review it. Uh, even if you get outside attorney to review something, that's a whole lot cheaper than having them create the entire thing, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's going to be a lot of public involvement in that regard. I absolutely intend on tapping into folks. And I've already asked um, our uh, uh, administrative uh, folks there at the, at, the, at the commission to contact all of the area radio stations, uh, newspapers, TV, whatever, and liaison with them and ask them that when something comes up, you know, a lot of PSA stuff, they want that two weeks out or what have you. A lot of things we're not going to maybe know is happening two weeks out. Some of it we absolutely will. Some of it we won't. So we're already trying to liaison with them to ensure that if something does come up, uh, you know, we, we have to have an emergency meeting. We had to notice the people 24 hours, but I want a lot of people there. Contact the radio stations and put out a quick emergency blurb, you know, we're doing this. Uh, please show up. What have you? Absolutely, my friend. And uh, so, I'm already starting to get that ball rolling a little bit, and uh, it's just going to take time. But yeah, public involvement. Oh, absolutely. Do you have to look at and, and has this even been explored as of yet? Any of the legalities involved in bringing someone in to help who is, let's say, not necessarily on the county payroll? Uh, I mean, for 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 reasons of protecting the county, you, you want to bring somebody in to help. You want to delegate a little bit, and uh, you know how we get sometimes with people being lawsuit crazy. Well, you, this person, you know, doesn't really know what they're talking about or what they're doing. Yada yada yada, and it could be, you know, it could be a situation where it is not necessarily true whether or not the person is 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 capable and confident of of helping you mm-hmm. could be a personal thing you know that somebody made somebody mad so now they want to diss on them wherever they can mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and things like that so I, I don't know where that stands i mean i could easily say that sure uh you want to bring people in to help if 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 you if you need their help but then where does that fall uh, legally with the county. Do you have any idea as far as how that goes yet? No, I mean, I, I really don't. I mean, 
obviously volunteers aren't going to be making any uh, life-changing decisions. I mean, they're, they're, their input is going to be life-changing, sure. but they're not going to ultimately, in the end, be that decision-maker that says, yes, this is the way we're going to do it. Well, yeah. That's still going to be with the commission. Um, if somebody if, were to say, well, where did you get this information, or who told you this, or who told you that? Mm-hmm. And- I. I don't know of any you know legalities there that that I have to be concerned about and and you know um, I think that when when you get a group like that together to hash out something this important for the county you want a little bit of I'm not going to use the word conflict but you want a little bit of tug and, and push you want and pull. the pro and con yeah you yeah. do and and you want some people that maybe they don't agree a little bit with you know quite so much with each other just to get that other side because if all you're doing is going to a room with a bunch of mirrors you're not really getting a, a good picture of, yeah. of why things you want that they need to be so it certainly uh, lends itself to the transparency aspect well, sure. of county government sure which sure. i know is something that you're very big on and yeah, absolutely. so you know getting more people involved and then uh, i just you know with things that i've been involved with over the years i've seen the good side of it i've certainly seen the bad side of it sure and so, you know, as far as you don't want to get into any issues with anyone or make anybody mad, well, uh, why didn't you listen to me? You listened to him, and why didn't you take my – because these are the things that I think about with you, Ike Skelton, because I I think you're a phenomenal gentleman, and you've always been, as far as I'm concerned, one of the best in 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 what you do and, of course, the way you look to the future and, and the things that you want. And I just don't want to see anything, you know, a little stumble step or something. And then everybody, you know, cause it's, it's very easy to do. And we've seen it in the past, how people can turn on you in an instant. Sure. Well, you know, that's one thing fascinating about working with people because we all have different egos and ideas and, you know, um, experiences in the past. And I think being able to, um, express those opinions and ideals that are differing and still try to draw us to a point where we're going to be able to complete a mission for Camden County. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope I can, I think I can do that. I think we're going to be able to accomplish that. I, you know, you're, you're never by any stretch of the imagination going to please everyone. Oh, no. Um, I imagine there's already a chunk of people out there that are upset with me and that's fine. Um, you know, that's, that's just, uh, that's the nature of the beast. You're just not going to please everybody all the time, and, and that's okay, because I think that if you do try to please somebody all the time, then you're not doing, honestly, you're not doing the right job for the county. You're doing the job that the loudest voice or the, you know, that wants you to do it their, their way instead of the way it should be done. So, um, you know, there's going to be some lumps. It's, that's kind of the way it goes, but, but I think if you stand on principle, if you um, um, believe that liberty and freedom are the number one uh, guide and, and, of course, our rock God, but um, as long as, you know, liberty and freedom is your number one guide and, and uh, openness and doing the very best that you can for the county. And, and, a, and, and one thing that maybe some people hadn't thought about much before is I, I believe very heavily in the fiduciary responsibility. You know, I've been a, I've been a renter most of my life. Um, moving around different places. So I've rented a lot of places. And something I always heard from landlords was, uh, well, we've got these high deposits or you can't have this dog or that dog because the people that we've rented before, they don't own it, so they've tore it up. I look at things a little bit differently. If it's my property, I can tear it up. I can do with whatever I want to with my property. Mm -hmm. But if it belongs to you, I have a higher responsibility to make sure that it is taken care of and properly managed. And that's the way I feel with the county. The county's not mine. It's everybody else's. So I'm responsible to make sure that, that I do something even better with it. 
All right, caller, you got about 60 seconds. Uh, go. Hey, fascinating program. And Ike and I get into some serious discussion on a lot of these topics uh, on BS Nation. We recorded some shows. Those will be coming out pretty soon, KB. So um, I think I've already sent those to you, so keep a watch for that. Um, I think it'll be fascinating for these uh, folks that are listening in. But what I was going to say is, I think what you're going to see the biggest change is a difference in mentality between Ike Skelton and what we have had. Instead of looking at the public as a pain in the ASS or as a menace, uh, Ike's going to embrace the public to the greatest extent possible. At least I believe he will. And uh, when it comes to transparency, getting the camera system going and getting Roland Todd back in there to record those meeting minutes, that's where it starts. And so you're going to see a change, I, I believe, immediately right off the bat. Thank you, caller. I appreciate you keeping it short, sweet, and to the point there. As we are up against the uh, clock, what time is the meeting today? Uh, 10 o'clock. It'll be at the uh, commission office. If you can be there, be there. Please do. Come over. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, we appreciate you taking time. I know you're going to be a busy man, and we'll work with you uh, as best we can to uh, to get you in here and talk oh, about... What, real, real quick, yes. December 20, December 20, 2 p.m., Justice Center, swearing in. Small room, but you're welcome to come, anybody and everybody. December 20th. December 20th, 2 p.m., swearing in, Justice Center. They're going to swear in all the... Uh, Just myself. I don't, I don't know of any others. That's that's my swearing in, so... Very good, sir. Well, thank you for the time, as always. Thank you, man. We'll uh, look forward to hearing back from you when uh, you get through this uh, this meeting. We might even bring you in a little early, maybe uh, Monday uh, appearance, if you can swing that, to talk about uh, what yeah. happened on Thursday. I'm sure Dave Maupin will be there. He'll be uh, chronicling... Uh, it is well, and uh, I encourage everyone listening here this morning, please get involved. Uh, you know, just don't stand on the sidelines and complain about things. Your involvement is most uh, wanted. Most wanted is key and is necessary. And you heard Matt Burns and Ike Skelton. Uh, the BS Nation is going to be coming back on Key Radio, and uh, they could use some support, some sponsors. So reach yes. out to Matt, reach out to Ike, and uh, we'll get them back on here. We need a sugar daddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I wasn't supposed to say it that way, was I? <laughs> uh, probably. Right. Well, you know it's what? all right. Hey, whatever yeah, works. We're all adults, aren't we? Yeah. It is 9 o'clock on the Midwest Coast. Bill DeCast joins me at 910. Thank you, Ike, and we will talk to you again soon, sir. A, uh, a great financial discussion is coming up. And I don't know if Bill's going to be talking about anything related to the holidays, holiday spending. You know, uh, your credit card's already smoking. Uh, you might want to, uh, you know, hit the fire extinguisher or, or, or put it in its holster for a while. I don't know. I got my credit card bill yesterday, and I was pleasantly surprised because uh, that's one thing I try to keep a handle on. Anywho, we've got uh, a little business to take care of here at the top. And then we'll bring in Bill DeCast from SRG Financial Advisors. As always, your phone calls welcome at 573-633-5395 on the Key Radio Community Hotline. Content provided by the people right here on 89.3 KEYK Osage Beach, Missouri.
This is Bill Munhausen for Creation Expo. A century and a half ago, Charles Darwin proposed that little changes in living things resulted in entirely new kinds of animals over millions of years. However, that was before scientists explored genetics. Evolution would predict that organisms have evolved to favor change, but biologists have slowly learned that, that the genetic code is designed to inhibit change rather than promote it. Biological cells have proteins that constantly survey DNA looking for mutations and repairing them. Now it's been discovered that cells even used inorganic tools. Repair proteins test DNA strands by sending electrons along each strand. If electrons are blocked, enzymes know there is damage and repairs are executed. The scientific evidence is one of careful engineering to prevent evolutionary changes. Darwin's main accomplishment was to help get atheists entrenched in the scientific establishment. We forget they are speaking on behalf of their atheistic worldview. These 60-second messages are based on the book XPO by Bill Munhausen, available in Amazon Books. Start 2023 outright. Learn evidence-based health and wellness, conflict resolution, tools, and accomplish peace. Learn growth mindsets. Learn to take action and be accountable. Learn to grow from life's challenges. You'll hear six speakers, three virtual and three in person. You'll receive a Scrum Master eBook, Encompass Purpose 2.0 book, a gift certificate for complimentary coaching, Peace Fire and Two Fire training, be beverages and finger foods, all for $49. On January 19th from 1 to 4.30 at Encompass Purpose in Max Creek. To reserve your spot, please call 573-286-5625 or email at encompasspurpose at gmail.com. with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. Congratulations going out to Coach Jason Long and the Osage Indian soccer team. Class 2, District 5 champions this year. First district soccer title in program history. Will Falconer named the Class 2 State Offensive Player of the Year. How about that? Nate Evans was named uh, District Player of the Year. Missouri Soccer All-State Academic Team uh, for small schools. Uh, included Will Falconer and Alex Anderson, the first two in Osage program history. Congratulations, guys. What a great season for the Osage soccer team. High school basketball is here, and we've got it for you on Lake TV. The season on Lake TV starts this Thursday night. Versailles at home to Smith Cotton again. First game of the season on Lake TV this Thursday night, and then next Monday, Osage and Camdenton on Lake TV. As for college football, of course, the bowl season right around the corner. Final four is set for the national championship. Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and Ohio State are the four teams that will play for the national championship. They'll play those national semis on uh, January the 9th. You can look forward to that. Of course, Mizzou finished the regular season 6-6. Six and six. They're going to the Gasparilla Bowl. They will play that a week from Friday. They'll take on Wake Forest in that game. 
The Chiefs 10-3 and after that win in Denver on Sunday. They are big favorites to beat the uh, Texans in Houston this week. That is a 12 noon kickoff on Sunday. Hey, Lake TV brings you five local lake area shows, and they're all greatness, including Cup of Coffee with Will and Chris every day at 802, 102, and 802. That's a Cup of Coffee with Will and Chris. They just talk about what's going on at the lake, lake news, lake sports, lake stories. Check them out. You can see Lake TV on Como Channel 90. If you don't get Como, don't worry about it. You can see Lake TV absolutely free on Roku or Amazon Fire and streaming live all the time anywhere in the world at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. Two fun events benefiting the Osage Beach Senior Center at 5709A Osage Beach Parkway. German feast with brats and pulled pork and red cabbage and a holiday market from 11 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. December 14th. Then on December 20th, same hours, a Christmas lunch and bake sale with door prizes, ugly sweater contest, Christmas music, and fun. Suggested donation for lunch both days, $5 for seniors and $7 under age 60. Show the Senior Center some love and enjoy the holiday spirit. Key Radio is a nonprofit radio station that works with local residents in the Lake of the Ozarks community. Our goal is to provide a positive platform for content that addresses a variety of topics while also giving people the opportunity to find out more about what's going on in our own backyard. Key Radio uses donations to bring you all of the information. So, if you like what you hear and you'd like to help us continue our mission, please Reach out to us at keygatheringplace.com slash keyradio. Businesses, individuals, and content providers power the programming that you hear on Key Radio. To inquire about making your tax-deductible donation, go to keygatheringplace.com slash keyradio or call 573-280-0532. 573-280-0532. You're listening to 89.3, The Key. your thoughts, ideas, and skills, maybe even a talent, on the Lakes Community Radio Station, 89.3 The Key.
All right, folks, it is 9.09. Thank you so much for joining us. Great to have Ike Skelton on the program. Uh, the reason Ike was on today and the reason Professor Jim Paisley will be on on Thursday is because I will uh, not be here tomorrow. I've got a prior commitment, so I need to go take care of that. But we'll be back bright and, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, as they say, to uh, take care of business on uh on Thursday morning and then on Friday, uh, Thursday, uh, our true history professor, Jim Paisley will be in. And then, uh, of course, Danny Ellison, who will be checking in and Danny will actually be in studio with us on Tuesday of next week. He is going to be uh, coming through town. He's going to hang out at my, uh, my pad, uh, uh, for the duration. I guess he's probably going to come in town sometime Monday night. Then he'll be here with us on Tuesday. He might be here for both hours. I'm kind of guessing he will. And then uh, on Friday, we're going to be talking with Tyler Brown from the Missouri Department of Conservation. Haven't talked with Tyler in a while. We'll find out about some of the cool things that they have going on uh, and uh, maybe some new things to uh, think about for 2023. And we'll also have Dave Moppin on the program to uh, take us among the dogwoods. I would imagine Dave will probably have some uh, interesting information from today's uh, county commission meeting involving Verigi, and they're going to get that all taken care of. 9-11 is our time. We are broadcasting live from the world headquarters of SRG Financial Advisors, where it is 45 degrees here in beautiful downtown Osage Beach, 45 in Camdenton. Rain in the forecast for, uh, I guess, a good portion of the day, a 100% chance, maybe even a little thunder. Saw some thunder and light earlier this morning saw the lightning heard the thunder 41 with a few clouds uh, tonight and back up to 47 with a partly cloudy sky tomorrow partly cloudy and 38 thursday uh, cloudy and 33 on friday and by the way friday is the last day for Candyland over there at nick's true value hardware so if you'd like to stop by and get a cane and you wait till friday to do it you have to shop that day and get all the gifts back to them that day and uh, the rest of the week there'll be a representative from uh, the lake ozark rotary club available at nick's true value hardware from two until six so uh, let's get all those canes off the trees and uh, help out the kids partly cloudy and 35 on saturday partly cloudy and 45 on sunday again 45 degrees here in osage beach with some rain falling and lots going on but uh, we'd like to we'd like to take some time to talk to uh, this gentleman mr bill DeCast from srg financial advisors our gracious host he is responsible for the uh, wonderful studio that we get to broadcast from every monday through friday also the camera <laughs> that uh, puts up these uh, beautiful shots here in uh, the studio as well the srg financial advisors key radio in studio live cam and we say good morning to bill Cass. good morning sir how are we doing this morning uh you know what man it's just i'm digging life i'm just digging life everything is wonderful everything is great you know people are just people are just incredible it's been fun watching you here lately kb well i yeah i jumped through some hoops and well you know i i can remember times when You've just been just this side of a grouch, and it's really nice to see you all of There's a, a word. It begins with D, <laughs> has four letters, ends with K, and I think you know the two letters in the middle, and I would say that guy, uh, yeah, he was around for quite a while. We're, we're trying to, you know, kind of find a little You're retiring him. Yeah. yeah. It, well, I, we'll I, retire his jersey. I, 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 love, I love watching the transformation. I mean, gosh, I mean... I'm going to tell your personal secrets here. What have you lost? About 70 pounds? About 70, 75 pounds. Uh, wow. I was at the doctor last week. He was very happy. And that was uh, in part to 
Delta who had uh, kept me off cheeseburgers for a few days. Right, right. She's yeah. like, all you have to do is go a few days. I'm like, cheeseburgers, cheeseburgers, fried chicken, whatever, yeah. whatever. Right. So we had cheeseburgers last night at home. We made some cheeseburgers at home. And I will say, over the weekend, we stopped at uh, the Burger Basket on your way out to Max Creek. Hadn't never been there before. Right. And so I had a, a triple burger right. with cheese and... I got a little carried away. They have what they call the Wackerman basket, which is named after Mike Wackerman. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a um, chicken, uh, like a chicken tenderloin, something like that, with all kinds of goodies on it. Uh, I ate one of those, too. Have you had fried chicken from out there? I have not. I heard it's really good. It is really good. Janice and I, you know, one day we were, I forget where we were trying to go to eat, and it was so crowded we thought, and I, and I the burger basket's one of those things, like, I want to go try that. I want to go try that. So we yeah. decided, let's go out there. We drove by it plenty of times. Oh, my gosh. And nice people. Super nice people. Clean as the Board of Health. I mean, yeah. you walk in there, everything is just neat as a pin. Cleaner than the Board of Health. Yes, it yeah. truly is. And, I mean, it just it, it, it it's a good place to eat. You know, it's a little out of the way, but sometimes good food's worth driving. You know, and, and there's, there's that place there in... Um, uh, well, on the way to Max Creek, the Burger Basket, and then there's another restaurant as you get closer to Max Creek, which I want to stop in and eat there because I've heard great things about that place as well. <laughs> and the name escapes me right off the top of my head. Uh, if anybody knows, you know, we're live here this morning, so uh, uh, shoot me uh, a little note because I'd like to... You want to eat there, too. I want to eat there, too. <laughs> <laughs> I want to eat everywhere. Every, everywhere there's, uh, you know, good food. Let's uh, let's make it a point to stop in and support our local businesses because that's what it's all about. Yes, yes. So what's on your mind this morning, sir? Well, before I get started, i got to tell everyone the strategies and concepts discussed are for educational purposes only, do not represent specific investment tax or state planning advice. Also, also want you to remember, while we're discussing investment strategies, you must remember that investing carries an inherent element of risk. We do believe it's in everyone's best interest. Consult a financial tax and our legal professional where applicable when planning your specific situation. You also need to know that I'm an investment advisor representative of, and I offer securities through USA Financial Securities. They're a member of FINRA. SIPC, a registered investment advisory firm, and SRG Financial and USA Financial are not affiliated companies. And what I want to talk about today is something that is, I've been talking about it for 30 some odd years, but it's coming to fruition right in my right in front of my very eyes. Mm-hmm. And I uh, didn't think that this was going to be a problem, but uh, I think it's something that we maybe probably need to take a look at and at least understand how it might affect you. But I want to give a little history. We're going to talk about Social Security today. And, you know, uh, kind of a little bit of little tidbit of trivia that probably nobody really needs to know, but I'm going to share it with you anyway. The absolute first check that went out from Social Security was received by a lady by the name of Ida Mae Fuller. She lived up in Vermont. She was age 65 when she received that check back in 1940. Now, if and the, the kind Is of that unique 000001? thing. Yes, she's a very got got this from Social Security Administration. So this is they're saying this is the very first check that was ever issued. She lived to be 100 years old. Wow. For the amount of money that she put into Social Security versus what she took out for those 35 years that she received a monthly check, she got a 92,380% return on her money. So if that is not the 
tip of the spear thinking, how is this plan going to work? <laughs> How's this going to work out? Where, where, uh, you know, when we, when, when we get to be, uh, 80 years down the road from when this starts, how, how, how does this stay intact? Well, um, that was just, that was just kind of the beginning. Um, there's no question times are changing. Something that I've talked about for years and years and years or something we used to call the three-legged retirement stool. And a three-legged retirement stool, basically the three legs made up of uh, pensions, private pensions, Social Security, and the money that you save for retirement. And I've always said that a three-legged stool is pretty solid if all the three legs are exactly the same length and all three legs are nice and strong. You can be pretty comfortable sitting on a three-legged stool, but if you start messing with some of the legs they get kind of off kilter feels a little it, it may pitch you to the floor and the first one was of course having a pension i mean it's just pretty tough to find a job these days where you can even go out and find a pension so that put a lot more emphasis on social security and personal savings now all of a sudden um we've got to take a look at what is happening with social security now People, when they get their statements from Social Security, you've had to have noticed that down in the corner, they kind of keep running a, a little tally down there that says when the system is going to run out of money. When I have a 2022 Social Security Board of Trustees report that I'm going to be taking a lot of data from here today that, that I'm going to share with you, um, it basically says that by the year 2034, they're only going to be able to pay about 77% of the amount that has been promised or the amount that you're receiving at this point. Um, this, and i got to be honest, I've been saying for a long time, I think they'll fix this. I think they'll fix this. That's the problem. I, I, I've got some staggering statistics here today that tell me that that might not be in the plan. So that might, need, might not be part of what they're wanting to do. And we're going to have to figure out, especially if, you know, once again, that three-legged stool, if you don't have the pension, if you haven't done a great job of saving money, uh, Social Security is something that you depend on. So, you know, this is, um, and, and I can tell you another statistic, 40% of everybody's retirement is kind of affected by Social Security. So if you take 40% of your income and start donking with the amount that you're receiving, um, it warrants a little concern, no question about it. And when we talk about concern, and this is from that same Social Security, uh, this, this was a Social Security confidence survey that was done asking the question, are you concerned that you will not receive your full Social Security benefits as promised? And 71% of the respondees said, yes, very concerned about that. And I think there's good reason to be. You know, um, reasons go like this. There's been, like I said, been a lot of changes over the years. In 1940, when Social Security started, the average age of a female, the life expectancy in 1940 was 65.2 years. So they were kind of, and, and, and males were, were below 65, age of 65. So we had a plan that was designed to pay people, and at the time they thought, okay, on average, people are going to be in this program for a very, very short period of time. If we run that forward, all of a sudden, now the average life expectancy for females, uh, by the time we get to about the year 2030, is going to be age 82. Well, like I said, 
Uh, Ida Mae Fuller, the very first recipient, she lived to be 100. That was 35 years in Social Security. And at the time, they were looking at this thinking that, okay, we would have people maybe in this on an average of 65.2 years or a very short period of time. Another problem that's happened there. Now, I've told you this story many times, KB, about baby boomers and how baby boomers have affected absolutely everything in the world that they've ever touched. Going all the way back to when it was time for them to go to elementary schools, there wasn't enough elementary schools. They had to start building elementary schools. Same thing with middle schools. Same thing with high schools. Same thing with colleges. There was a tremendous amount of building that happened um, through the late 50s through the 60s preparing for this, what has been referred to like a watermelon going through the belly of a snake, this big group of people that was passing through the American population in a size that we had never experienced ever before. Everything they touched was affected. After they got out of college, it was automobiles and houses, and we saw booms in the economy like we have never, ever, ever seen before because of the baby boomers. Now, here's one of the problems. Back in 1960, there were 5.1 workers for every person that was receiving a Social Security check. And you have to remember that Social Security is a pay-as-you-go type of program. That is a polite way of calling a Ponzi scheme something that is not illegal, (laughs) you know, which is basically it requires new money from people coming in all the time. So that, you know, back in 1960, the 5.1 workers supporting every one person that was on Social Security. But we run that forward. We run it out to 2035 to the right around the time when we're looking when uh, Social Security is going to be running out of money and there's only going to be 2.3 workers for every one person that is that is uh, claiming a check. So what that means right there is um, something has to happen. There has to be there has to be some adjustment in the dollars. So if we're sitting here forecasting for the future um, if Congress waits until the year 2034 when the trust fund runs out of money, and let me kind of refresh everybody what that means, the baby boomers paid in way more money than what was being taken out of the system, and that money got spent by the federal government, but they put IOUs in there, are basically line items that said you've got this much money that is supposed to be in the Social Security. Well, that is the trust fund that runs out in the year 2034. So there's only so many things that can happen. You either have to reduce the cost of Social Security, the amount that is being paid out by about 25%, about a fourth, um, or you have to increase revenue by about 33% in order to make up for that. And that increased revenue comes in the form of new taxes on people who are working, not retired. Or you have to have a combination of the two of those. So as we're looking to try to solve this problem, it can only come from one of those two places or a combination of the two. Now, Is this a real risk? Let me give you a little quote here. This is from a gentleman by the name of Mitch Daniels. He's the former director of the U.S. Office of Management and Budget. This is the guy that 
crunches the numbers. It looks at the money coming in, the money going out, and looks at the viability of, is this budget actually going to fly? And his statement was, it is no longer possible to say that by starting now, and he's talking about now, that if we start right now, that we can avert a massive or massively unfair change as in changes in the promises we've made or that the current Social Security beneficiaries have nothing to worry about. So things are changing, and that, that sounds to me like there's probably discussion amongst all the people and the powers that be that uh, um, how do we fix this? Is there some way that we can make this fair and equitable to everybody? And I don't see how they can possibly pull that off. So, you know, we talked about the baby boomers and the uh, used to be, and I, you know, you know me, I watched watch statistics pretty, pretty close. I look to see how everybody's feeling, what everybody's thinking, especially when they start getting in that retirement age. Baby boomers greatest fears are different than the generation before them. The generation before them, they were more afraid of public speaking than just about anything in the whole wide world. That was the number one uh, thing that they were afraid of almost always. Number two was running out of money in retirement. Okay, well, public speaking is not even on the board anymore for the baby boomers. Baby boomers have gotten pretty used to being up in front of crowds and having conversations or doing whatever needs to be done. Uh, their number one concern, 46% out of everybody that was surveyed in this, was worried that Social Security will either be reduced or cease to exist in the future. Right behind that was the number two is outliving their savings. Behind that then becomes declining health that requires long-term care. And the last but not least, and you'd think this would be one that everybody would be really concerned about, is possible long-term care costs and what it would cost if they had to go into a nursing home. Everybody's more afraid at this point of, when we look at baby boomers as a whole, looking at the idea that Social Security is going to run out of money. Now, I've always thought that Social Security was going to be an easy fix. I really did, because we fixed it in the past. What I mean by that is um, back in 1977, there were some adjustments made. Um, back in 1983, there were some adjustments made that are just now starting to fully come into play. And what happened there was is that they had raised the age that people could call full retirement. It's now age 67 before you can do full retirement and age six, instead of age 65. So I thought either they would adjust that or they would uh, increase taxes maybe through uh, raising the threshold of where you no longer have to pay into Social Security on a yearly basis. You know, when you start getting up to, I don't know what it is right now, probably around $140,000, give or take a little bit. Um, once you get kind of to that spot, you don't pay any more money into Social Security. They could raise that to be able to shore up Social Security, but that's going to be a tax on people in the future that are not retired that are going to have to pay that in. But the big question is, is even if they fix this, is it, who's it going to impact and how is it going to impact them? So the very first thing, um, and they're already doing this is mean testing benefits, you know, looking to say how much money do you make from other sources and do you truly need to have social security or should we be charging you some additional for it? Now, I want to tell you right now, um, uh, they say that, that by the year 2031, 13.5 million retirees will be paying higher Medicare Part B premiums. That's already in effect right now. Um, I 
have a birthday coming up here and on Sunday of this week. I will be 67 years old, so I will have been in the Medicare system for two years. So I'm not part of the Social Security system yet. I've put off taking my Social Security. I'm going to wait till I'm age 70. That means that I have to pay back to Social Security on a monthly basis the Part B premium for my Medicare. Normal Part B is about $140 a month for people. Mm -hmm. Because I'm still working, my Part B premium is $600 per month that I pay in, not receiving a Social Security check, so I have to send them a check every month. So they're already doing means testing in regards to benefits that you're receiving from Social Security and from Medicare. They could raise the retirement age again. You know, there's been some discussion. Maybe they make full retirement age 70. Everybody's living longer. Everybody's working longer. All those arguments have been made. Um, But that basically means that uh, uh, someone is either going to be future generations or going to be delayed in the Social Security that they receive. And, of course, that in some cases means the amount of Social Security that they're going to receive. Or they end up reducing the benefits, like I was talking about before. And that's what's kind of being thrown out there. I mean, you know, that that you're getting something every month that is basically saying um, your Social Security benefits are going to go down uh, in the year 2034. That amounts to about $9,200 for the average couple per year that you're going to have to figure out, you know, how do you make that? How do you make that up? The only way that, that you can probably do something with this is going to be based on the younger generation and what happens to them. Now, I want to look at the... Need to break for a second? I, I, I want to keep the conversation going here after the break because okay. this is very important information that people need to be listening into. And so uh, I encourage you to stick with us through a quick break here at the bottom of the hour. We're going to come back and talk some more with Bill Lacasse with SRG Financial Advisors. I will say that if you need some financial direction, and we all do, give them a call here at uh, SRG Financial Advisors and set up a consultation. And I believe the first one is free. Always, yes. Always. And they'll get you a, a water or a cup of coffee or a Dr. Pepper or whatever, a Whatever you like. And, and, and folks, take the opportunity to sit down and let these folks talk with you about it because it is so very important. And there are so many things that change on a consistent basis, and they keep up on all of it. So take the opportunity to sit down and talk with them. And I guarantee you, you're going to get some information you probably did not know about. 931, quick break. We're back uh, with more Bill LaCasse from SRG Financial Advisors in the studio. And uh, we appreciate you listening this morning to The Daily Show. I'm Bill Munhausen for Creation Expo. We think of space as the absence of matter, but space seems to have substance. NASA researchers believe that space can be folded to reduce the time to travel between stars, like warp drive in Star Trek. And dozens of Bible verses refer to space being spread out or stretched. Isaiah 50 verse 3 even refers to the heavens being clothed in black. So space must have form and substance in order to be clothed. Even the Big Bang refers to the creation of space as inflation rather than an explosion of material. Not saying the Big Bang is true, just that scientists are on the same track as scripture in their descriptions of space. God's invisible power sustains the cosmos. God's power is so strong that Big Bang cosmologists think it makes up most of the universe in the form of dark matter and dark energy. They say 90% of the universe is invisible. Be encouraged that we're all moving toward the same conclusions. These 60-second messages are based on the book XPO by Bill Munhausen, available in Amazon Books. 
Helping out the community is as simple as joining the Key Radio team. Right now, Key Radio is looking for an individual to spread the good news about community radio at the Lake of the Ozarks. The job involves talking to local businesses about supporting our mission. You decide how much you'd like to work and get a commission for the work that you do. Sales experience is preferred but isn't required. We need you, and so does our community. Contact Bill Munhausen at 573-2800-532. Key Radio KEYK is an equal opportunity employer. with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. Congratulations going out to Coach Jason Long and the Osage Indian soccer team. Class 2, District 5 champions this year. First district soccer title in program history. Will Falconer named the Class 2 state offensive player of the year. How about that? Nate Evans was named uh, district player of the year. Missouri soccer all-state academic team uh, for small schools uh, included Will Falconer and Alex Anderson, the first two in Osage program history. Congratulations, guys. What a great season for the Osage soccer team. High school basketball is here, and we've got it for you on Lake TV. The season on Lake TV starts this Thursday night. Versailles at home to Smith Cotton again. First game of the season on Lake TV this Thursday night. And then next Monday, Osage and Camdenton on Lake TV. As for college football, of course, the bowl season right around the corner. Final four is set for the national championship. Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and Ohio State are the four teams that will play for the national championship. They'll play those national semis on uh, January the 9th. You can look forward to that. Of course, Mizzou finished the regular season 6-6. Six and six. They're going to the Gasparilla Bowl. They will play that a week from Friday. They'll take on Wake Forest in that game. The Chiefs, 10-3 and three after that win in Denver on Sunday. They are big favorites to beat the uh, Texans in Houston this week. That is a 12 noon kickoff on Sunday. Hey, Lake TV brings you five local lake area shows, and they're all greatness, including Cup of Coffee with Will and Chris every day at 802, 102, and 802. That's a Cup of Coffee with Will and Chris. They just talk about what's going on at the lake, lake news, lake sports, lake stories. Check them out. You can see Lake TV on Como Channel 90. If you don't get Como, don't worry about it. You can see Lake TV absolutely free on Roku or Amazon Fire and streaming live all the time anywhere in the world at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. Join 89.3 The Key for the True History Professor program featuring Professor Jim Paisley. The national media now is kind of taking advantage of people. They hit you with a, you know, a big headline, and then they don't give you any information behind it. There's no context to it. Problem. And so what I'm going to try and do, uh, you know, on a weekly basis with the show is to try and share with you what, what were the events, what are the things behind the scenes here, what, what led to this. Professor Paisley takes a look back at history and how it relates to present day events. But we take it on face value without 
having any knowledge of why. It, well, it's because the news told us. Join Professor Jim Paisley Thursdays and Saturdays at 6 a.m., 2 p.m., and 10 p.m. for the True History Professor Program on 89.3 The Key. Two fun events benefiting the Osage Beach Senior Center at 5709A Osage Beach Parkway. German feast with brats and pulled pork and red cabbage and a holiday market from 11 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. December 14th. Then on December 20th, same hours, a Christmas lunch and bake sale with door prizes, ugly sweater contest, Christmas music and fun. Suggested donation for lunch both days, $5 for seniors and $7 under age 60. Show the Senior Center some love and enjoy the holiday spirit. Key Radio wants to help our community by offering a platform for all groups and organizations to share their message. If you have a pre-recorded public service announcement talking about who you are and what you do, email it to kbsfree65 at gmail.com. Rotary clubs, veterans groups, animal shelters, fundraising organizations, and more are all welcome to send us their pre-recorded message. Key Radio reserves the right to deny or accept any PSAs received. This is your chance to get involved in Community Radio Lake of the Ozarks with 89.3, The Key. 938, thank you, thank you, thank you again. Uh, I will not be here tomorrow, so keep that in mind. More than likely, we will uh, play this uh, particular show over again. Great conversation with uh, Ike Skelton earlier. And, of course, we're having a really good discussion with uh, Bill DeCast with SRG Financial Advisors about Social Security. And I'm just curious to know, uh, you know, when it comes to Social Security, that's literally something you folks have to stay up on every year. How many, on average, uh, and, and I guess there's... I don't know, you've been doing this for a while. How many changes occur, let's say, on a yearly basis? 5, 10, 20, 100? You know, something's changing all the time, or the interpretation of what what has been the norm suddenly changes. I mean, it's, uh, um, it, it, it's a lot of times the idea is how do you prepare to make sure whenever you're sitting down with somebody to do an income plan of saying, all right, you're, you're retiring from your job, you are saying, I no longer need or want that paycheck, and now I'm going to have to create my own paycheck. Right. When you start looking at all sources, um, Social Security is a big part of that. So the decision as to when you take Social Security is important. But even more important than that is the solvency of Social Security to make sure that once you've made this plan, um, what is the likelihood of this really panning out so that you don't get in the late vulnerable years of your life and suddenly have a problem and, and have less money. Got a great uh, quote from Professor Paisley here. Morning, gentlemen. It's amazing. We run out of Social Security money, but we never run out of welfare money. Isn't that amazing? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, let's, let's kind of go back to where we were just a little bit before. We were, we were transitioning from the idea of saying, all right, we definitely have a problem, and it can be fixed. But what's going to have to happen, most likely, is an increase in taxes on a younger generation coming up behind us. Oh, they're working on it. Well, now let me, they, and, and I want to, this, this is stuff that 
do I agree with this? No, I do not. But here's the stuff that I'm hearing in the news, and you, you hear it too. When you listen to the younger generation, they have way different priorities than what their parents or grandparents had as priorities before. Priorities now, um, they're wanting to spend money on climate change. You know, that, that, that's, that's something that's discussed all the time. Now, you know, that um, the, the feeling of throwing money at that uh, makes me go crazy, but that is a discussion. They're looking for free child care. They're looking for free college. These are all discussions and things that are going on in the mainstream right now. They want student loan forgiveness. You know, that's top and, you know, front and center. I mean, that uh, this last election might have turned on just that. They're looking for universal health care coverage. They're even going so far. There's a lot of people that think that we should have some sort of universal basic income where you just get a check for nothing just because uh, um, it, it, it's kind of owed to you. All of that is versus the Social Security for baby boomers. So, you know, they're it, thinking in the here and now. Absolutely. They're thinking in the here and now. And suddenly we have this problem that, that's looming out there and is going to come. Now, here's the part that really slapped me in the face. Like I said, I always felt that they would make some adjustments to Social Security and it would probably continue on pretty much like we have always seen. But here's something that, uh, uh, that, that that's kind of that needs to be thought about because it's affecting a whole bunch of things right now. And this is the declining voting power of the baby boomers. Now, let's go back to the 2012 presidential election. Uh, there were more than half of the eligible voters were baby boomers at that point. For the 2016 election, there was a little bit less than half of the baby boomers. Now, let's run forward here. We just got through uh, uh, having a midterm election here, but by the time we get to the 2024 presidential election, the baby boomers are only going to make up 33% of all eligible voters. By the time we get to the presidential election of 2036, and this is about the time when Social Security is running out of money, the baby boomers are going to represent 18% of the total voting population at that time. Now, does that mean that kids will vote to see that mom and dad or grandma and grandpa don't have Social Security or that it's reduced? I don't know. How important are these other things that they're talking about? Plus, you've got to understand, they've been told from the time that they were very young, you'll probably never see Social Security. Social Security won't be the way that, that, that you want. So the idea of a tax increase for that versus some of the things that are that are really in their wheelhouse, the things they want to do, it, it, it could be tough. Now, correct me here. And, 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 and I see this as far as the list of priorities that... The older generation, people of that age of 67 and older, are really starting to be almost forced out. Yes. And, it, and it reminds me of a movie. I don't know if you remember the movie or not. It was called Logan's Run. I do, yes. And you got to a certain age, and you had your little blinky thing, and they used to do away with you. Mm-hmm. And that's almost what it seems like to some degree. And, and people say, oh, that will never happen. That will never happen. But don't be surprised if, for some reason or another, if the usefulness of older people, seniors, people 67 and older, doesn't come into question. If, if you, you know, and, and, and as bizarre and off the wall as that sounds, I'm sitting here thinking to myself right now, what if you got a letter in the mail and you had to go before some board 
and they, you know, they make you give all of your information. What do you do? You know, how many uh, family members do you have? Who do you support? Uh, this, that, and the other thing. And they deem you, let's say, unnecessary. And they don't, you know, kill you or anything like that. But they just basically put you out to pasture and right. say whatever happens, happens. Because we have to fe- we have to focus on the younger generation because they're the future. And you mentioned climate change and things along those lines. Mm-hmm. And we want to do more to improve the climate so people can enjoy it later on in life. Well, uh, <clears throat> hello, right? Hello, and 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 like I said, it says euthanasia is becoming the word normal in Canada. And and you know there was already a guy. I spoke about him, this guy that said, uh, feed them, just don't breed them. <laughs> and and his his philosophy, his thinking is, is he wants to do away with the human race completely. Uh, and, and there are people that support this guy. He wants to do away with the human race completely so that the biosphere can repair itself. And that's all good and fine, but who's going to be around to enjoy it? Exactly. And I think, quite frankly, Bill, that... We as individuals, in most cases, do our part to help the environment, whether it's picking up trash, whether sure. it's, you know, trying to live a cleaner life, whatever you want to say, however you want to look at it. And I am thoroughly concerned, and, you know, I'm 57, so I'm, you know, getting close to that age. I've got a way to go, and there's no, uh, no guarantee that I'll be around, you know, how that goes. Anyway, the point is, we are starting to really pull away from taking care of people like we used to. But as Professor Paisley mentioned, you know, we'll never run out of welfare money because if we did, look at all the people that would just go bonkers, that would yes. turn on the government. Right. You know, we still have to keep providing, you know, that and the various government programs and this, that, and the other thing. We aren't encouraging people to, you know, do what you need to do. Maybe you need it for a little while. You get off it. You move on. Okay? No, 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 no. We're The government intentionally wants to keep people on it so they can pull the strings and control them, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. On the surface, everything looks great. Everything's wonderful. You dig down a few feet, and, and then you find out what's going on. And so as you start to get rid of people who didn't need it, who didn't want it, and you start ushering in more people and giving them, you know, and making them more dependent and reliant on government, look at how this whole phase, and, and I mean, it's right there in, uh, in front of you, right in front of your face. So what's the quote? Uh, a government that's big enough to give you everything you need is also big enough to take everything that you've got. Absolutely. You know, and the crazy part here is, is that when you start looking at some of the things like student loan forgiveness, uh, the crazy thought of a, just a universal basic wage for not doing anything, exactly. those types of things, if, you know, those are all going to be decided by the vote. And what I mean by the vote, you know, the our politicians, the one thing that they are very good at is trying to get reelected. Yeah. You know, they, they care more about that, I do believe, than just about anything personal. So when we start seeing this gigantic shift in the voting block, when we start seeing the people who, this large group of people that are still going to be at need, Mm -hmm. um, are we useless? Because they're they're getting them on it now. Yes, absolutely. And so there won't be any need for social security because they'll figure out certain ways to, to get them to, uh, take the, 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 the money and, 
participate in the but program. But what that come yeah. is the loss of a loss of freedom then and and a gain in power for the ruling class and that you know these are all the things that uh, that, that that they scare me to death. I mean, you know, I just uh, you look at this our only hope might be is if by the time that they start reducing Social Security, does that mean that a whole bunch of parents end up having to move back with kids? And do they start thinking about that and saying, well, no, we, it's not time to have well, mom and okay dad. okay when the kids wanted to move back in with mom That's and dad. It. And we're talking about the same generation. Yeah. We're talking yeah. about the same generation. You know, the, That was okay then. Yes. And, right. and, and another aspect of this that's really kind of concerning is the whole fact that they, they run these programs as and they test them. This is a litmus right. test. So your, uni- your universal basic income, Everybody gets a check. Nobody has to do anything for it, you know. And it's not any great amount of money, right? It's five hundred bucks. It's a thousand bucks, right? But maybe they'll increase it. It's like when they decided to jack minimum wage from fifteen uh, to twenty dollars an hour, you know, as opposed to what it is. Rather than working incrementally, oh right. no, you start a new job, fifteen bucks, uh, anywhere to twenty bucks, and the owner of this small business is going, "You've got to be out of your flipping head," right? Right. Yeah, it's 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 uh, definitely you know times are changing. the The big question is is that okay? Now I've dumped all this information on people. So what do you do? <laughs> you know what what do you do with this? Um, believe it or not, there are companies out there that have got solutions. There's a company called Plan Gap, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, I'm going to offer everybody that's listening to this. If you give us a call five seven three three zero two seven two one two be happy to talk to you about the idea of doing a not only just a regular financial plan for you but including in that a a plan gap analysis to say all right if you were to lose 25 percent of your social security benefit what can you do to make that up what happens to your life what happens to the money what age is that the possibility is that going to happen at um how how do you make a plan in order to be able to, to get around that and the amazing thing is is that um, there's probably some alternatives, some things that people can do if they start working at it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that, uh, you know, like I said, this really kind of slapped me in the face. I was pretty convinced that there's no way in the world that they didn't either raise the, uh, the, the when people would start to, to get Social Security or raise taxation. But I had never really thought about the voting blocks yeah. and that the people that are going to be receiving that are going to be in the minority and the people that are going to be paying for that are going to be in the majority. And they have a completely different view than the rest of us. As I said, Judy mentioned euthanasia is becoming the word normal in Canada. There are commercials that they run for assisted suicide now. Wow. And they run them in Canada in particular. And I know there's, uh, I think, some other countries that are running them as well. And it's almost hard to just, it's its hard to wrap your brain around Isn't it something though? like yes. that. But, yeah. you know, y- you want to, g- you get to a specific point where certain people don't matter anymore and you want to get rid of them. Sure. Because you don't want them planting any seeds in this right. younger generation as far as their thought process that, hey, wait a minute, you know, we're going to be here one day. Yes. And, and these people, like I said earlier, they're thinking in the here and now. They're not thinking about when they get older, what they would like to be able to provide for their families when they do pass away. Uh, and certainly not any kind of a financial future once they hit retirement age and, and what they want to do because these people don't necessarily matter any longer and they want to get that whole thought process the heck out of here and do what they can do 
you know, they had talked, didn't they talk at one point about taking more money from Social Security from some of these people or just doing away with it? Well, now we've That's part of that means testing program. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and, and you know, the, I mean, let's face it. I mean, all of us, if, I'll use my mother-in-law, for example. It is the only income that she has is Social Security. Mm -hmm. She gets about $1,000 a month from Social Security. Fortunately, she's got a great family. We all pitch in. We all do different things for her and make life pretty comfortable for mm -hmm. her, and everything's good. But it's because we can and it's because we want to. If she was to lose 25% of her Social Security benefit, she wouldn't even receive enough money to be able to pay the taxes on her house that she lives in in St. Louis. Think about that. You know, a house that she's owned for 40 some odd years, um, taxes have gotten to the point that uh, uh, it is the largest budget item that she has mm. is how do we pay those taxes every year. My mom's year. the same way. Yes, right. I mean, you know, so. It's scary. It is very scary. And, and I really do believe we're going to get to the point of time probably sooner rather than later where instead of if you've got a bad knee that's that needs to be replaced, uh, you know, and I've got two of them and I'm hoping to get them replaced one of these days. That's been one of the plans for a long, long time. The time might come where they say, yeah, you know what, we're just going to give you a brace for that. And yeah. you're probably going to have to sit down and stay off of that. And I know not being active is probably going to shorten your life, but. It's like a racehorse that breaks its leg. Exactly. Yeah. The old book, they shoot horses, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, uh, yeah. yeah, this is, um, uh, like I said, I, you know, uh, for me, until I saw, until, until I saw the data on the v percentage of voters, I had really not given this a whole lot of thought. I have been coaching people financially for 30 some odd years at this point, And I've always said, Oh, there's going to be Social Security. For the younger people, it might not be like what we have right now, but for uh, everybody that's either close to Social Security or in Social Security, it's probably not going to change. Yeah. I think I might have been wrong. I'm, it really does concern me because uh, they have done nothing. There's no one talking about this. There's no one saying we've got well, to. Well, I'm sure there's people talking about it, but not anyone who could. Nobody who wants to get reelected, let's put it that way, because or, they're looking at these numbers. They're starting to look and say, who do we need to pander to to make sure that we are getting the votes? And it is not the baby boomers any longer. Yeah. Our day has passed. Our day has definitely passed. It's not anybody who can actually do anything about it, you know. Or, or, or you know, is it? You got to do it for be, yourself. Yeah. Here's where we're at. I mean, it boils down to right now. If there's something that, if this is a, if this is a situation that concerns you, this is something where you need to try to investigate, get some information, figure out how it's going to affect you, and then what are the possible remedies? What are the things that you can do as an individual to maybe compensate or make up for? Well, look at how they're jacking up the uh, amount of prescription drugs. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, yep. the pharmaceutical uh, industry is just uh, making a mint off of people. Right. And you talk about people that are on fixed incomes. It, it always concerns me because when you have to sit down every month and you have to determine your list of priorities when you talk about, do I pay rent? Do I pay utilities? Do I get groceries? And do I, you know, what do I do and how do I do it? Because it just seems, as is the mm -hmm. case with your mother and right. my mother and a lot of mothers and dads and and family members that are older, 
they have to sit down and they have to make these decisions. And certainly, you wish that there was a solution out there for them. Um, Judy says universal health care will be like prison health care. My yes. friend in Canada paid for his own hip surgery out of pocket. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I've, I've, I've talked to uh, Professor Paisley about his situation and a lot of people. And I mean, I, I, I guess it doesn't worry me so much because I'm not there yet. Right. But it should. And it should worry a lot of people, and it should worry people about the priority list of how we do things and what types of things we are implementing and how we are just testing the water with these various programs. Because we've talked about, you know, the universal basic income situation, and a lot of people are like, hey, well, you know, you can't just give people money. Other people are like, yeah, sure, I'll take it. And and, and a good a good testing point for that was when COVID rolled through. Yes. And the government started giving people, well, here's, you know, uh, 1400 for a spouse. Here's 1400 mm-hmm. for the other spouse. You know, we'll give the kids, uh, you know, we'll take care of you. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And with that now we have, we're knocking on the door of $32 trillion worth of national debt. Do you remember back in 2008, KB, when we were talking about IOUSA, uh-huh. the book that came out and how every everybody was losing their mind over the fact that we had had this eight trillion dollar national debt now that has not been that long ago now all of a sudden you know this was right this is right at the beginning of of the obama administration Mm -hmm. from then until now we now have run the national debt up from eight trillion to 32 trillion dollars and i'm going to do it one more time you've heard me say this a million times you've got to understand the difference between a million billion and trillion million dollars if you sit down to count it one every second Non-stop, no breaks, eight and a half weeks, you can count out a million dollars. To count a billion dollars the same way, no breaks, no stop, one dollar bill every second, it would take you 37 years to count a billion dollars. To count a trillion dollars the same way would take you 37,000 years to count one trillion dollars we are 32 trillion dollars in arrears in the united states and we have this problem that we're looking at here with social security and it just keeps going they keeps just going. keep kicking the can down the road that's exactly right that's exactly right we mentioned horses today by the way is national horse day awesome so i uh, i apologize to all you horse lovers we're, out we're there. not we're shooting using... any horses here no today. we're not we're we're just we're, we we're love messenger <laughs> Five seven three three zero two seven two one two. Stop by, get the free consult, and uh, let them kind of get all of your uh, affairs in order for you, and give you the options that uh, uh, you need uh, so very much. Appreciate your time as always. My pleasure. What a My great pleasure. hour. What a great hour. And I hope a lot of people uh, took the uh, opportunity to soak some of this up with their biscuit, uh, along with their gravy this morning. And uh, we'll, I missed uh, the biscuits and gravy. I didn't get one. Well, we'll have to do something about that. <laughs> I'm ready for a biscuit and gravy. Today, if you're uh, so inclined as well, this has made you a little woozy or uh, maybe just concerned you a little bit. Relax. Today is National Ice Cream Day. And the uh, name of the restaurant, thank you, Delta, and good morning, Patty, was uh, the Hillbilly Hut out there in uh, in Max Creek. Oh, uh, so. yeah. We want to get out and see those folks as well. Bill, thank you very much, and uh, it's always great to see you, sir. Always good to see you. Don't be a stranger. Come back and hang out with us again. Also, take the opportunity to uh, tell your friends and neighbors we will not have a daily show for you tomorrow. We are going to rebroadcast this particular program. I think some great information. You can hear again from Mike Skelton as well as Bill LaCasse and get the uh, lowdown on the hoedown, as they say. In the meantime, we're going to wrap this bad boy up. We'll air it again for you 
you today at 4 o'clock, uh, 4 until 6, and then midnight until 2. And we'll be back here on Thursday with uh, Professor Jim Paisley in hour number one, Danny Ellison in hour number two at about 9.10. In the meantime, stay dry. High of 56 today. You are listening to 89.3 KEYK 